Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Everyone, welcome back in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit back as always with Alex Barr from 98.5 Sports Hub to talk about the Patriots week four game, which was a disaster in Dallas to say the least. The Patriots lost 38-3 in what was Bill Belichick's worst loss uh, as a head coach here in New England. None of it was good. Uh, To make matters even worse, there's now injuries that the Patriots are dealing with. We'll get into all of that, but Alex, did did the season just die in in Dallas? It certainly feels like it, Uh, and not just the season. Honestly, there there needs to be bigger conversations that come out of this game. I know I'm not the first person to say that. I know it's not a hot take. I thought Tom Curran had a really good kind of uh, opening piece on TV last night. The people who have been saying it'll get better, just give it time. Nope. Nope. And look, you can look at that game. You can blame Mac Jones if you want. He's not free of blame. He was bad. It was the worst game of his career. He, he got panicky. Everything that's been said about him over the last few years, all those negative things that I think have been exaggerated at times, they weren't exaggerated last night. He panicked. His mechanics fell apart. His decision-making fell apart. He was bad. You can blame him. You can blame the receivers. Outside of Hunter Henry, none of them were good last night. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to be a problem. You can blame the offensive line if you want. You can blame the defense if you want, not being able to stop the run again. And I won't push back on any of that. But at the top of that list of the blame pie needs to be Bill Belichick. That team was not ready in a week-to-week sense. They were not prepared for the game. And that team was not ready in the sense that that is not an NFL roster they are trotting out there right now. It is simply not, especially, especially on the offensive side of the football. And that that that's why this game is so frustrating. I've seen some people say today it's just one game. Maybe they bounce back. I, I don't think this team is that bad I, when water finds its level. But the fact that they're capable of a game like that shows how limited their ceiling is, if that's how low their floor is. And that is a talent issue. The talent level on the roster should be a concern, and nobody is more responsible for that than Bill Belichick. Brian, I've been going over this question all day today, and I don't know that there's a definitive right answer to it. What is the last good personnel move this team made on the offensive side of the ball? Because you could argue it was drafting Mac Jones. It was the right move at the time. What have they done since? We, I mean, they you, needed a quarterback. He was the guy. But you knew he was going to need help around him. Yeah. What have they done since? We, premium assets. How many premium yeah. assets have so, been spent on the offensive side of the ball? I count three. And when I say premium asset, I mean either a top 100 pick or making somebody one of the five or 10 highest paid players at the position. So Tyquan Thornton, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, they're one for three on those. They have, they, they, there is a, there was a bad offensive line to begin with. They have made zero, zero premium acquisitions at the tackle position. They made one at guard, and it was a consensus reach. They let a good running back go in Damian Harris and never really replaced him. James White retired. They never really replaced him. The closest they came to replacing those two guys, James Robinson, Ezekiel Elliott, Ty Montgomery. I don't say this to make excuses for Mac Jones. He was not good in that game. 
But what do you think the offense as a whole is going to look like when this is the kind of investment they're making in it? That should be where the primary frustration is in this game. And the one receiver who they actually developed and had some chemistry with Mac Jones and, and Jacoby Myers, they let walk out the door. And a lot of us thought at the time, like, they're getting a more explosive player in Juju Smith-Schuster. This will help the offense more yak. That hasn't worked at all. So that scouting report was completely wrong. I think we all owe Jacoby Myers a nice apology because that that was certainly a mistake. Uh, I, I was going to say off, off your investment, like, DeMario Douglas looks like he could be a good player here, but he's, he's a, a six-round cool pick. Yeah. And the fact that your offense is having to rely on him right now, it speaks to the bigger problem you're talking about, that you don't have good offensive firepower, good offensive personnel. You have teams like Dallas is a good defense. Dan's a good, Dan Quinn's a good defensive coordinator. But they're just sitting there taking Max first read away, and it's over, right? Like these guys, you don't have guys who can beat man coverage, and it's just too easy for opposing defenses because none of these guys really pose threats besides your six-round rookie who's, you know, like a 5'9 receiver. Right, exactly. And it it's it's just frustrating because, again, I, I, I think there's a pattern. You look at San Francisco, there's a pattern to win, and people say, well, that team has a ton of talent. Yeah, go get it. The whole point – and, again, this, this is where – because I already see in the chat, oh, I'm making excuses for Mac. No, whoever – if they had drafted Justin Fields, if they had drafted Trey Lance, if they had drafted Zach Wilson, if they had drafted any of those guys, the whole idea is when you draft a rookie quarterback, you take the money you were saving at the position and you pump it into the rest of your offense. All of these other teams that have drafted quarterbacks recently, Dolphins went out and got two weapons. Bills went out, got Josh Allen weapons. Bengals went out, got Joe, Joe Burrow weapons. Chargers already had weapons for Justin Herbert. They got Herbert. more. They, they got more. And they added Quentin Johnson. That's right. It's what Eagles. all of these teams, the Eagles, great point. It's what all of these teams do. The Patriots added Nelson Aguilar. Ken, and I like Kendrick Bourne, but just like you look at the guys they added, whereas you have other teams adding A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Jamar Chase. Not only did the Patriots not do that at receiver, they didn't do it at tackle. They didn't address anything, anything offensively except for left guard, which was a hole they created on their own by trading Shaq Mason for a fifth round pick. What do you think the offense is going to look? Mac Jones regard, and then it, 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 yes, it compounds the fact that Mac Jones isn't a playmaking quarterback. He's yep. a distributor. That compounds it. But if you wanted a playmaker, then go get a playmaker. And they had their chances to do that in previous drafts, and they didn't do it. It just seems like they it, – it's not a – I see some people saying they want to have a ball control offense. There is some truth to that. But it also just feels like they don't want any kind of offense. They don't want to invest on that side of the ball. And, and look, the flip side, they built up a very impressive defense prior to all these injuries. And I, I – I'm not going to get on them so much for the defensive depth because four starting corners being hurt is absurd. But that's part of what hurts here is if they had even a competent offense, I don't even know about top 10, but if they had a competent offense, this defense can play. Yeah. And it's just by the time you reset this thing on offense, Kyle Duggar's contract's going to be up. Matthew Judon's contract's going to be up. Um, uh, Josh Uche's going to be gone, right? Who knows how long it takes? Maybe Jack Jones is gone. 
you'll still have Christian Gonzalez, but you're going to need a reset on that side of the ball. The reset on that side of the ball was already brewing. This was kind of the last year of this core, it looked like. Yep. I mean, that's what we talked about a lot in training camp. Like, this offense, they could be top, you know, that 12, 10, 15 range of, like, points per game, and that would probably be fine enough with this defense. But to be where they are at now, which is – I think it's 31st in points per game. Warren Sharp had that stat today where they're punting or turning the football over on 71% of their offensive drives, which is dead last in football. They have seven giveaways, which a team built like this, you can't win from behind. And they just keep turning the football over, getting in these holes. You know, they were 25 points in the first half yesterday and it just, it doesn't work like that. So I, like, I don't think any of us were expecting them with this personnel to you know, blow it out of the water and be like a top five offense. We were optimistic they could get back to some of that rookie year stuff. But what we've seen so far has just been horrible. It's It's been horrible, to say the least. Yeah. So, again, like I know people want us to come on here and talk about is Ishan Mack stopping the quarterback? Should they bench him for Zappy? That doesn't matter at this point. Honestly, even if Mac Jones is decent for the rest of the season – I, I don't know that he's a better like so the last couple of years I pushed back on drafting another quarterback because I just didn't think there was a quarterback better than Mac in the draft that they could get. And that was yeah. true. That's not going to be the case here. You're picking in the 15, in the top 15, you're gonna have a chance at a franchise quarterback, regardless of how good Mac is. And because of some of these roster shortcomings and because of some of these injuries, you start looking at that and then you start looking about who do you want to pick that quarterback? And is it the guy that just made a total mess of the last quarterback? <laughs> Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, that'll be the uh, big decision, I guess, if this keeps going that way, which it kind of kind of looks like it's going that way. But yeah, Mac, Bill said Mac's going to start next week. Not like they really had a, a, a choice there, right? Like this is a team that cut right. Bailey Zappi a, a month ago on roster cut down day. They basically subject him to waivers and said, if he's gone, he's gone. We don't really care. So you kind of thought Mac would be back under center next week against the Saints, which, which he's going to be. But yeah, if they're not going to pull San Francisco or Miami and surround him with all this, this talent and just let him, because when he's on, he looks good, right? Yeah. We've seen that at times, but the team just around him isn't on schedule. But it's, it's, it's too late. 
Yeah. You could argue it's too late because, again, I said it before, that whole thing's predicated on you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. You can afford to bring in all that talent. And that's why so many of these guys, after their first four or five years, they don't have the same success because now they're making all this money and the talent around them isn't what it once was. You have to pay Mac now. Or you have to either pay Mac or let him walk. But, like, you're not going to still have him on the roster on a rookie deal. You have one more year of that, but that's kind of a dummy year. Or sorry, you have one. You have you know one more year. So can you turn this thing into a Super Bowl contender in one year? Can you spend that much? I think they're too far away because they've essentially done nothing the last two off seasons. So you, can you do three off seasons worth of additions in one year, and then you get Mac on his fourth year, and then the fifth year option? That's the case for keeping Mac at this point because yeah. the way things are trending right now. And again, I say this as somebody who likes Mac, and I think he can have success elsewhere in the NFL, and I hope he does. You're going to have a chance to draft a better quarterback, and that's going to be a hard opportunity to pass up for this team. Yeah. And then, and then you get into the thing where if, if somebody else is running it, they're going to want their own guy. They're not going to yeah. want the last guy's quarterback. Especially, I mean, they have so much cap space where then hopefully if you maybe get a rookie back in here, then you can build it the right way that we're talking about with well, all this cap space and a, and a quarterback on a rookie contract. You do what you did in 2021. They, they that yeah. was that they were on the right track. That's what's so frustrating. They were on the right <laughs> track. You you do I mean you hit you try to you hope you hit on a couple more of the players. You know you tried to better Nelson Aguilar at receiver, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, Mac yesterday it was just he he seemed like he was taking some strides under pressure, which was one of the big things earlier in the year, and then it all just kind of uh, unraveled there as we saw. I thought. They, they kind of moved the ball well the first two drives, but then they – and we can talk about some of those third and one and fourth down decisions in a second, but they settle for three, and then they don't get the fourth down, and then their next possession, they're backed up, and he has the strip sack where he kind of holds the ball too long. Then he comes back a few possessions later, and he starts throwing it across the field, the pick, six, pick sixes. He just looked skittish in the pocket. All day, he was under pressure 50% of the time. Again, credit to Dan Quinn for making him hold the ball a lot. He uh, 3.07 seconds time to throw, but it, it was a mess uh, on his part. Just And again, a guy who we usually see, like his strengths are decision-making and stuff like that, and it was just a mess just with the throws across the field. He had that third one where he like threw it right in, I forget the linebacker, but it was right in his hands, and the guy drops it, and then the... Second interception uh, targeting Juju. It, it was just a mess, kind of from Mac yesterday. But yeah, it it felt like things went wrong early and they spiraled. And yeah. his mechanics fell apart. His decision making fell apart. He was just trying to he was trying to come back the whole thing in one play. And yeah. and you can't do that. And and you saw flashes from last year. And I worry that that's he was never that guy at Alabama. He was never that guy as a rookie. I'm worried that he's just kind of become that because it's what he's faced so much over the course of his career at this point. And, it, yeah. and it's sad. And um, you mentioned some of those early drives. The, a really concerning trend. If, we, if we're just going to talk about the 2023 Patriots and how do they maybe fix things this year. So they had a third and one early in the game. The first drive was like good. And Mac made a couple good throws on that drive. And, and Hunter Henry had a nice catch. And, and they make their way down to the red zone. And they get a third and one from the nine. And they throw it into the red zone, into the end zone. And a little bit of an overthrow from Mac, but Mike Kosicki supposed to be the red zone threat. That's why he's here. I think both of them, you know, both guys could have made a better play. So third and one, don't get that. They kick a field goal. Later on in the game, it's still somewhat close. They actually haven't turned the ball over yet at this point. 
on a fourth and one, but it was a long one. It was yeah, like a like yard and a half. half. Yeah. They ran the tush push, which it's a really good play if you need a couple inches. It's not a yard and a half play. It's just not. Like, who was it earlier? Oh, no, it was college. Wisconsin ran it from, like, the three-yard line. And the announcer was like, oh, wow, it actually failed. I'm like, of course it failed. It's <laughs> automatic to get six inches. That's it. And there you have essentially three chances to pick up one yard. You had the third and one where they threw, the fourth and one where they kicked on the road, didn't love that, and then the fourth and one tush push from, I think, like the 41-yard line. You have Ezekiel Elliott and you have Ramondre Stevenson. You have two downhill power running backs. You have 6'6", 260-pound Pharaoh Brown as the fullback. Line up, win at the line of scrimmage, push him back, get the yard. Three chances they couldn't get one yard, and they didn't even try. And the fact that Zeke played so little, there was that report before the game about how it was his homecoming and they were going to give him a chance. You don't give him one touch in those situations. And it's a trend we've seen all year. First off, they've become way too reliant on that tush push play. Yeah. Way too reliant. They are running. They are spamming that play. Like they're not a play in Madden. They're not good at it. And they're not great at it, but they just seem afraid to get under center in single back or eye and hand the ball off. It is a team built as a ball control run dominant team, you the last thing, the last mentality you can have is being afraid to run the football. And right now, they look like they're afraid to run the football. And if they can't run it, or if they're not going to run it, and the receivers can't get open, and the quarterback's going to panic when things don't go well, there's no right answer there. This team has to. And I, I don't know why they're not running it. I don't know if it's they don't trust the backs. I don't know if it's they don't trust the offensive line. I don't know if it's a philosophical thing with O'Brien. It's probably a combination. I think it's mostly the line, but there's probably a little bit of all of those. That has to change. Even if it doesn't work, you got to try it. One yard, three chances. They needed one yard. And and then, so they, again, they, they kicked the field goal early. Go back and forth a little bit. Push, push, play fails. The defense actually bails the offense out. Forces a punt, but it's a great punt. Patriots get pinned back in their own end zone. Mac Jones gets stripped, strip sacked for the touchdown, and it all falls apart from there. And so you go to that moment. I'm not saying they lost because of the tush push play, but this is what they've been the last two and a half years. They're not. Everybody wants to point at the disastrous blow up plays, and I'm not excusing those. But it's not like they're chugging along fine and then all of a sudden Mac throws three pick sixes. They're failing to do the little things, which puts them in bad spots, which then creates those blow-up plays. If you pick up that first down in the first quarter, probably finish that drive with a touchdown. Maybe you're not pressing as much later in the game. Maybe Mac's not running around as crazy. Maybe you don't have to go for that fourth down. And that's, that's the issue. The, the big blow-up plays are happening, and that's unfortunate. But they're putting themselves into situations where they have no other choice but to, to go all risk, you know, all risk on some of these plays because they can't do these little things. Yeah. It, it's, it's a mess. Like, the, the running game, I don't, 
I guess like Bill O'Brien has to get more creative somehow. I, I don't know what else is left for there to no, do. See, I would argue the opposite. They're too creative the in the run game. Just run. Wait, what's the old saying? The old Marshawn is it Marshawn Lynch, right? Run the damn ball. The damn ball. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Just get an eye. The, I, mean, I mean, I remember this from Pop Warner, right? The, the two back, right? The two back yeah. for the B gap, two B, a little two B halfback dive. <laughs> Like basic stuff, just hand the ball off and let your running backs run over some defenders. Well, what do you think of Stevenson? Because it was another, he had like one or two like decent runs it looked, but it, it was another game where he's just, he's not making guys miss. He's not picking up yards after contact. He he told us this week, like he's fine. He's hundred percent healthy, but he doesn't look like the same back this year. So what is that just? this offensive line again and he's getting hit in the backfield so many times or, or what are you making of him here early on again I, th- I think it's issues compounding I think that early on he was struggling because of the offensive line and now you're getting to the point where he doesn't trust what he's seeing and the, it, it, the whole do your job thing right remember that oh, yeah. it predicated everybody doing their 111th that was a fun every- time so it wasn't just Everybody, you talk about everybody on the field being able to do their 111th, right? Everybody on the field could do their 111th. Now you have guys that can't, even if they want to. So you have other players just trying to do too much. And I think that's Ramondre Stevenson right now. He's just trying to do too much because he knows that he's not, he's not getting the blocking consistently. And I think it's in his head at this point. Yeah. I mean, even the good players falling apart. With Mondre, Mike Unwinu had a really tough game, too, yesterday, and I know he might still kind of be working his way back into things, but this was his second full game now, and three penalties. He was getting beat a lot. Obviously, so Mike Parsons beats everyone. He was Vidarian Lowe was, was getting the work all day. So but. that's another example where, like, this is where it goes back to the roster building. I, this isn't to excuse Mike Unwinu. Three penalties are bad, but when you have a guy to your right, and offensive linemen have talked about this, and we've talked about this on this show, right? You got to cover up for a spot, and how are yep. you going to use your good offensive linemen? When he has to help accommodate, help so much with Vidarian Lowe or, or Calvin Anderson or whoever they're trotting out there at right tackle, on top of his own responsibilities, you start trying to do too much, and that's when it gets sloppy, and that's where the penalties come from. Yep. Again, it all you can blame individual players all you want, and I'm not saying it's wrong to do. Mac Jones had a bad game. Ramondre Stevenson had a bad game. Michael Nwendu had a bad game. Yes, that's all true. But why? Why? Because with a lot of these guys, and I know people are going to nitpick me on say, oh, Mac Jones is a bad player. We know Michael Nwendu is not a bad player. We know Ramondre Stevenson is not a bad player. What is happening? You have to look at the roster construction. Yep. Just not good anywhere. All all over the field. even got... Pants on special teams when they ran a fake two-point yeah. convert. The first time in NFL since they moved that extra point back to the 15-yard line that a team ran a fake and got I a two-point conversion. Not prepared. Just in Not prepared mentally for that game. Yeah. Which they usually always have Matthew Slater in, in the back there for that you know, for the, for those kicks, if a team tries to run a fake. So he was up like on on the right edge blitzing. He said today, like they like to get aggressive on those to try to block those, but I I don't know what, if if they saw something there and then Dallas just had that, that ready for that moment. But that that was just embarrassing kind of all around, not prepared, just sloppy play uh, again and just not pretty, but, uh, 
any other thing there or we can hear from our friends at FanDuel and get into some of the these injuries and what it's like going forward or I have I have one more take on the offense because I can't believe I'm seeing this today and maybe maybe I shouldn't pick this fight with people on Twitter I'm going to do it anyway because I think the point of the show is to educate people and I think that a lot of people are have this take that is basically a poorly educated thing I have seen a lot of people suggest not a lot but enough that I feel like I need to bring this up I've seen enough people suggest that yesterday and the start to the season is some sort of vindication for Matt Patricia that they shouldn't have gotten rid of Matt Patricia and they should have gotten rid of Mac Jones and tried the Matt Patricia offense with a new quarterback. And that people like me were saying if they got rid of Matt Patricia, it would be all sunshine and rainbows. No. Uh, Matt Patricia was part of the problem last year. I would argue he was the biggest part of the problem, but he was hardly, hardly the whole problem. And if it ever came across that way, that is not what I meant. They had a talent issue too. And I said this when they signed O'Brien. That was step one. That was not the whole fix. Remember, I had... I think this is back when Mike was still hosting the show. I had a whole 10-point plan for the offseason we went through. And offense coordinator was one. Quarterbacks coach and offensive line coach was two. There was also sign one of the top four tackles in free agency, draft a tackle in the first two rounds, trade for DeAndre Hopkins, re-sign Damian Harris. It's They were never going to swap out an offense coordinator one for one and be done with it. The offense, like, operationally looks better, yeah. but they still don't have the talent to execute it. And that was a problem. Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien, Charlie Weiss, Bill Belichick, Troy Brown, Adrian Clem, uh, who, uh, Rand, who are the other wide receivers they interviewed? Uh, Sean Jefferson, Randy McMichael, whoever you were going to put at offense coordinator. That was always a problem. So I don't think this vindicates Matt Patricia. It just shows that there were more issues last year beyond him, which I think anybody looking at objectively knew. Yep. Yep. I agree. It, it looks better schematically, right? Things are cleaner, like in the passing game and such. But yeah, it's still just a roster talent issue, is the main thing there. So, all right. So, if the 38 to 3 loss couldn't have got any worse. The Patriots also lost their two best defensive players in the game, Matthew Judon uh, late in in the second half and Christian Gonzalez on on the second or third drive there in the first quarter. Adam Schefter had an update about an hour ago uh, with two things you never want to hear. They're out indefinitely, which I think we all kind of expected at this point, and they will seek second opinions on both injuries. Gonzalez was that right shoulder when he was trying to make a tackle, and Judon was a lower bicep tendon tear. It looked like his arm kind of got caught when he was rushing a passer and it it kind of went there. So, I I mean, that that just sucks. There's no other thing to say about that. Like, at least if you're going to be bad, we we had Christian Gonzalez, your first-round pick, who's playing unbelievable football the first three weeks of the season. So you'd at least get to, you know, watch him develop throughout this year. They still have a ton of good wide receivers he gets to face up and, and match up against. But... He looks like he's going to be out indefinitely now, and Judon is kind of the leader of that defense, and just losing him sucks too. So that that was just really unfortunate to add, you know, salt to the wound there. Yeah, two nearly impossible guys to replace, and with Christian Gonzalez, the other <laughs> cornerback injuries obviously compound this. And I know some people have pointed to Jack Jones being eligible to return tomorrow. Mike Reese wrote on Sunday, it's 
he's expected to miss about half the season, Jack Jones. Yeah. Is. So I, I don't think any him back anytime soon. We know Marcus Jones is going to be out for a while. John Jones' status still up in the air. Like, he's not on IRs. So we can come back whenever. But here you are again where it's John Jones, five foot ten. Miles Bryant, five foot nine, and Sean Wade, and those are your healthy corners. They got a couple guys on the practice squad, but that how how much should we talk in the offseason, Brian, about you gotta add a boundary corner evaporated like that? Judon obviously really hurts the pass rush. Matthew Judon, uh Josh Uche will get more of a look. I think Keon White should get a ton of looks now. That's the yeah, other thing he here. Should, he should play all the time. Run the damn ball. Here's another one. Play, play the, the freaking kids. Yeah. Play the freaking kids. Let's see what we got in some of these guys. Um, and then the other one that uh, n- nobody got hurt yesterday, but I think it ties into yesterday's game. They can't stop the run anymore. Yeah. Cowboys averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Daniel Equality was their ba- best run stopper. He's out, if not for the year, at least for a significant chunk of games. Devon Godshaw is playing hurt. Christian Barmore is not a run stopper. He's Lawrence hurt, Guy, too. Dietrich Wise. Yeah, he's playing hurt. Dietrich Wise, Lawrence Guy, just not interior players. I, I don't I actually didn't even check the snap snapcast today. Did Jeremiah Farms play a snap on defense? Uh he got some. I think they were just all late in the game. Late in though. the game. All right. So you can't stop the run. You can't stop the run because they, they're banged up up front to stop the run. Their pass right, they've now lost their best pass rusher, and they've lost <clears throat> four corners. This is more just frustration than like frustration anger than blame anger. I don't know that I'm blaming anybody for this. It's just kind of a yeah. I, I uh, do you know um, what is it? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. What is that rule called again? Um, oh, um, uh, Murphy's law. Murphy's yeah. first law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. It's just kind of that, but man, like it, it's gonna be the defense is gonna be a shell this week. Yeah. It's gonna be a shell. That's just the reality of it. And and some of it, again, I would have liked them to add one more boundary corner. Mm-hmm. They had a ton of depth at pass rush. I'm not faulting them. Forget that. Like, it's just, this is an insane run of injuries. They could have used another nose tackle. Yeah, right. They could have used another nose tackle, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, they're going to be in in a real tough spot defensively. And this is, again, where it goes back to Mac Jones. Even if Mac Jones is decent with the injuries they have on defense and the personal shortcomings they have on offense, you're going to be able to get a franchise quarterback in the late teens in this draft. Is this defense keeping them out of that range? I don't think so. Not not as it's currently constituted with these injuries. Yeah. And this is this is almost why the doom and gloom more than the offense's performance yesterday. Because it, it, it was one game, and I know I said well, I don't write it off as one game, but like they're not going to be that bad every week. We know that because they played three games where they weren't that bad. They're not going to be that bad every week, but if they're going to be close to that, and then you're going to start missing these guys on this defense. That's where that season might be over feeling comes from. It's not just the offense performance. It's that the defense is now decimated by injuries. Cause that's your one kind of saving grace, the defense with all of right. us, right? If it's a top five unit, but yeah, farms played seven snaps, Sam Roberts played 13 snaps. So nothing major from those guys. And uh, again, I think, at the end of camp, we were saying like they need more defensive tackle depth and, and they let Carl Davis go and then they tried the whole Marquand McCall thing and then they just never really readdressed it there. So, uh, yeah, can't stop the run, but I, I'm, I'm with you. Keon White should be as much as, much as he can physically handle uh, with, without 
uh, Jude on there. That should be his role. I thought it was encouraging, and we got a lot more Marte Mapu yesterday. It seemed like I think that was. Well, he's the- playing corner now because they have no, yeah. apparently Jalen Mills. They they were really hesitant to do that. Can't elevate anybody from the practice squad either. Yeah, he was playing in in the slot when Dallas went like uh, in their eleven personnel, but. Uh, get him on the field as much as possible. Get all those young guys on the field. Uh, I, I feel like we, we'd have to see Mills back at corner at some point now, right? Like, I know they, they didn't seem like they were wanting to do that, but I don't think you have a, a I don't think you have another option at, at this point out there unless you're really confident in one of these practice squad guys. But, yeah, play the kids. Um, we can talk IR. I know the sweatshirt said no one is coming to save us, but they – could get some reinforcements off IR and Pup here. Uh, with the defensive line, like Trey Flowers could come back and, and provide some depth. Again, like he shouldn't be starting over Keon White, but maybe that's another depth piece. Offense, Tyquan Thornton, Riley Reef. I, I, I don't know how much any of these guys will give you at this point, but no. it, it's worth getting the young guys on the field with like Tyquan in that case. I, I guess uh, the one guy I think that's on IR right now that, that would – help them remotely is Jack Jones and the report is he's not going to be back for a little bit. Yeah. So. That's the unfortunate part of that. He'd be the yeah. one real helper, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Any other things that you got there? Cause that I, was just... I mean, like it's not a typical game breakdown, but it's not a typical game. It's the biggest loss of Bill Belichick's career. They lose two of the top five most important players on the team. The quarterback imploded. Um, and not to mention, you had a number of college quarterbacks ball out this weekend. This yeah. is just kind of how you have to talk about this thing right now. Hopefully we get back on next week and they win and we talk about maybe they're turning it around, but boy, does that feel lo- a long way away, yeah. a long way away. That game next week could be some sickos football with the way the saints are playing right yeah. now. That's going to be, well, they're playing a quarterback with literally one arm. Yeah. That's going to be, but like these two, the two next games will tell a lot about the season because you have the Saints and the Raiders, and then you have a two game stretch against Buffalo and Miami. So if you're one and five, two and four going into those, then it's looking really like focused on the draft. But if you can get back to three and three and maybe pull something out in the division, that's really the only path to save your season. But so yeah, a, a lot on the on the next two games, but uh, to answer Chris's question here, I don't think there is any good news. I mean, even Chad uh, Ryland missed a, so, another kick. I'll, I'll, <laughs> all right, you want to do the positives? There, were, I thought there were two silver linings in this game. Right. Miles Bryant played well, and I know yeah. he gave up the touchdown to C.D. Lamb. That's a brutal matchup. Forced two fumbles, tackled well. Miles Bryant played well. The other silver lining, and this one is something we may actually get into a little bit more in, in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Hunter Henry, with everything oh, falling yeah. apart around him, continues to play really good football on an expiring contract. And assuming things continue to trend the way they're trending, both for him and the team, uh, you have two options, and it's a win-win. I think you either re-sign him and you have a trusted veteran tight end for either Max Jones or a new quarterback to throw to moving forward, and that way – you're not tearing the whole offense down from scratch. You have one guy who's been in the building or good tight end expiring contract. You might be able to get something for him at the deadline. I don't know. Is a third round pick a ridiculous ask for a guy mm-hmm. like that? 
Now, a lot of the contenders have tight ends. I look I, like I was looking yesterday. A lot of the elite teams are like loaded at tight end. The one team that isn't, ironically, is the Dallas Cowboys. And he'd be a great fit there. So maybe you get maybe Hunter Henry nets you an extra top 100 pick. And then if you're, you know, you need to move up a couple spots to get a quarterback, boom, you have an extra asset to do so. What do you think about so, Uche in that kind of sense? Yeah, I, I, I honestly hadn't even thought of that. I mean, he's definitely going to get a chance to showcase here with Matthew Judon out. Now, yeah. the thing is, I don't know that Bill believes in selling. Yeah, that's so that's a, a another conversation and a caveat I should put on that. But yeah, here we, go. we don't have the Boston Sports Minute backer. Uh, good news, Celtics got Drew Holiday. There was some good news. <laughs> I, I didn't like that it? trade. I didn't you love the like trade. It? I I think the overall picture of the Celtics is still the same. Their plan A, like who they their identity, who they want to be, their core is elite. I think if guys start getting hurt, right, and, and that plan A is, is just hitting threes. That's all it is. It's hitting threes. If guys start getting hurt and or their shots don't fall for an extended stretch, which we've seen happen, I think comes apart pretty quickly. And they got a number of guys they're counting on who are, you know, injury prone or already banged up. So, look, I, I, I don't know that it's a bad move. It's a very aggressive move. If anything, it's people are acting like something changed. If anything, they doubled down on who they were. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I liked it. I thought, like, Brogdon didn't really want to be here, it seemed like. So they, look, up- they had to get rid of Brogdon, yes. Yeah, so you upgrade that. Losing Rob was tough, but I think they were just kind of at the point where it's like, this guy is never going to be 100% healthy. And now, you know, your your big man depth is really tested. and It's it's not there. I mean, it's not there. It's Kristaps Porzingis, who is injury-prone, and Al Horford, who's... Injury-prone, and 38-year-old Al Horford, who's yeah. covering Embiid. Yeah, and who's so, covering Giannis? Those are my questions. So that'll be that's their one worry, obviously, going forward. Yeah. But uh, one more Patriot thing I had here okay. that someone brought up in the comments. Yeah, could we see any Malik Cunningham going forward? I don't forward? think so. Not even not in like in the, this pack. The they showed us in training camp that package role they had, where he just comes on for a play and for a team that needs some playmakers here, like. Could you think we see that in just some sort of package moving forward at all? Um, not in the immediate future. Maybe when we get – if they're like out of it in December and they want to try stuff, maybe. But I – the way Bill kind of talked about Mac today, I don't think they're they're going away from that anytime soon. All right. Well, would you do that though? Like would you tinker with that? Maybe. I, I don't even know at this point because you need an <laughs> offensive line to be able to run that, and they That's don't correct. have an offensive line right now. So it's I, I guess you could try it. I don't I don't know that it's gonna go super well, but I if you want to throw a different look out there, I guess you could. Yeah. I how about this? How about if we're gonna make changes to the offense? Play Demario Douglas. Oh yeah. Played the All second the fewest snaps. snaps of you had this tweet earlier, right? He played yeah. the second fewest snaps of any offensive player behind Ty Montgomery, who by the way, also also should play more. Should play more. Let's, let, let's get those guys on the – it is nothing against Willie Cunningham, but let's get Pop Douglas on the field more, and then we can oh, yeah. worry about um, about Willie Cunningham. All right, I've had a million people ask me this uh, in the chat. I'm just going to address it. I, as doom and gloom as I sound right now. They're not getting Caleb Williams. I don't think they're going to get Caleb Williams. They're not going to be bad enough to get the first overall pick. And the reality is the Bears are going to have two top five picks because they have their own in the Panthers. Um, so – uh, PFF had a new mock draft today. 
yeah. and the Patriots were either seventh or eighth, and okay. they took Bo Nix, which was. All right. So a couple thoughts on this. First off, here's a really wild thought because I was talking to somebody about to say Panthers have those two, uh, Bears have those two picks, right? Let's say the Patriots end up one and the Bears have two and three. Who would you rather walk away from the draft with? Just Caleb Williams or whoever your QB2 is. It can be Penix. It can be Knicks. It can be Ewers. It can be May, whoever. Whoever your QB2 is and Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably Marvin Harrison Jr. and your quarterback. I would too. So, I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I don't think they're going to have a shot at Caleb Williams if the offense slide, backslides from here and they don't have Judon and they don't have Gonzalez, I think everybody else is in play right now. Now, I don't know that they'll end up with the second overall pick, and that will be lock, that'll probably end up being a quarterback, but there's really no consensus to the board after Williams. I think Drake May is going to go in the top 10. He'll be the second or third quarterback off the board, but I can see him falling to five or six, and maybe the Patriots are within range to trade up there. Uh, I, Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. I think if Shadur Sanders comes out, he's a guy, he, he'd be a guy. Now, I believe Dion when he says Shadur is going back. And I don't need to do that whole spiel, but I, I would actually be surprised if we see Shadur Sanders in the draft this year. And I like Shadur. I don't like him enough that I'm bypassing a quarterback in this draft to hopefully have a shot at yeah. him next year. I'm taking the guy this year if it gets to that point. Um, I like, so the guys I like, I like Ewers. I really like Penix. I think Penix is in the 1-1 conversation if he's not a lefty. I like Ewers, Penix. Uh, I like Jordan Travis. I liked K.J. Jefferson, but ooh, he's been struggling this year. Uh, I'm lukewarm on Drake May. I don't like him. I don't hate him. He kind of bores me. Um, I like Drake May. I don't. You do like, like Drake, Drake May? May? Okay, so I, I want to get your list in a second. I The guys I don't like. I don't like J.J. McCarthy. I've seen a lot of love for J.J. McCarthy the last couple uh, of days. In that PFF mock draft, he went third to the Raiders, I think. It went Williams, okay. Williams, Marvin Harrison to the Bears, and then the Raiders took J.J. McCarthy. So th- this feels – maybe it's a Michigan thing. I don't know. I think J.J. McCarthy's a product of that offense. He's a good college quarterback, but he's a college quarterback. I he's got some Zach Wilson in his game. And I know Zach Wilson did a game last night, but he's got some Zach Wilson in his game. That that scares me. I don't like McCarthy. Oh, wait, no, I read that wrong. I'm very con- It was May 3rd, okay. McCarthy 5th. So 5th overall, so 3rd quarterback off the board. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, too yeah. high. Insanely too high. Um, I, I'm very conflicted on Bo Nix because I watched Bo Nix at Auburn and he was terrible. Just straight up, he was terrible. He has 50 starts in college, so he's clearly gotten a lot better. Watching him the last few weeks, the guy he is at Oregon is not remotely the guy he was at uh, Auburn. That being said, the biggest issue he had at Auburn was winning on the road. Road Knicks became kind of a nickname. He would have these disasters. And it wasn't like he was losing close games on the road. Like He would be a disaster on the road. And Road Knicks became kind of a thing. So he's overcome clearly his other shortcomings. But... I need to see him win some big games on the road before I'm all in on him. Now, they are at Washington this week. Or sorry, next week. They have a bye this week. Their next game. They are at Washington. They will then be at Utah at the end of the month. Those games are going to go a long way for me 
in determining where Bo Nix is at. And then if he gets a, a bowl game as well, got to see him on the road to believe in him. But I'm yep. uh, um, um, it obviously in on Caleb Williams. I'm in on Ewers. I'm in on Penix. Um, I'm in on Sanders if he comes out, which I don't think he will. I'm out on McCarthy. I, I, Drake may just bores me like he's fine. I wouldn't be mad if the Patriots took him, but I think there's more exciting players. And Bo Nix is TBD. I mean, they're all TBD. We've got a long way to go, but Bo Nix is like, I, all those other guys I feel comfortable saying are first round picks. I still don't know if Bo Nix is a first round pick. What about uh, Riley Leonard? I, I never got it with it. Like, good runner. He never, he, what did he do throwing the ball? Yeah. Like, he really didn't do that much as a passer, and now he's coming off an ankle injury. And I, look, if, if like Mac Jones was showing more and it was that like Jalen Hurts taking athletic quarterback on day two is maybe a project. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the kind of guy that like, because I like him. I like Cameron Ward. I like Jordan Travis. Again, I like KJ Jefferson, Jane Daniels. They don't need to be picking a quarterback in that class if this is going the way it's going. Yep. Because I think I was looking, I think PFF had him sneak it into the first round of their mock draft. Uh, they had Penix go in 19th. Uh, so Penix is, Penix is interesting because there are going to be teams that simply won't draft him because he's a lefty. Yeah. And and that's going to be it. Like if he's a righty, he's an elite quarterback. Uh, fair question. Who's going to develop these guys? We'll talk about we'll talk about that a little further down the road. Um, so wait, give me your who are you in on? Who are you out on at quarterback? I can't believe we're having this conversation in week four. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm pretty similar with you. Like like Bo Nix, I thought he was really. I was never really was a fan of him at Auburn, but like that game against Colorado and what he's been doing this year, I thought it's been really impressive, but let's see it with some of these big games. Uh, Penix has looked awesome this year. Like he's just got a cannon on him. JJ McCarthy. I don't love Uh, Quinn Ewers. I like, but I I really like Drake may. I think like, I know he's had some decision-making issues this year that that haven't been great, but like, he's one of those guys that can just kind of, like he can move around, he he can sling it, really good ball placement. Like I, I I like him, but so if if they could get like if that situation, if that would ever happen where they could walk away with Drake May and Marvin Harrison, like I I would be all in on that. I would. Love I that. just I don't know. I I can't help but like I he looks like Mitch Trubisky. He looks like Sam Howell, and they looked really good when they were there. And obviously Trubisky was a high pick, but I'm like, there's. He looks good. I just don't see that next. Like you watch, and, and I, you know, comparing to Caleb Williams isn't fair, but you watch Caleb Williams, you see those flashes of like, wow, this guy's going to be different, right? Yeah. You watch a guy like Shadur Sanders. You watch a guy like like Quinn Ewers. Drake May looks good. He looks like he'd be a solid NFL quarterback. I don't see that thing that makes him different, right? Like I can see him being somewhere in like the Kirk Cousins to Matt Ryan scale. What's going to make him an all pro? Where's that? It moves around a little bit. I don't think he moves around as some people say he does. So I like, so with Caleb Williams, everything makes him look different. He's just like nasty. Um, Quinn Ewers. I like Quinn one, Ewers too. Yeah. His, his athleticism in two, I, it, for lack of a better term, is balls. Like he just, he, that kid doesn't back down. He's not phased. It's not phased by pressure. He's not phased by tight windows. He's not phased by environment. That guy plays quarterback position with a ton of confidence. I love that. Michael Penix. It's his arm. He slings that ball around the yard. With Shadur, it's his arm and his mobility. Like, 
I, I, I just, what is Drake May's trait in that conversation? Is it just well-roundedness? Is it just like, hey, he doesn't really have any weaknesses? Because that was Mac. I think he's got better athleticism and velocity than some of those like Kirk Cousins and Mac guys, but he's definitely more athletic than those guys. But like, is it that good where it's like, he's going to be special because of his athleticism? Not, not that I think like his arm is still his like calling card. I think he's got a great arm. But I think, but again, that's where to me, like if you're going off of arm, I think Penix has a better arm. I think yours is better. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think May's bad. I just like some of these, like he's still first round pick, probably top 15 pick. I think he'd be a franchise quarterback. I just think the ceiling is so much higher for some of these other With guys. With some of the other guys. Yep. All right. Anyway. Well, yeah, like we got, we got months and months to talk this about. Is this is the guy just I've been preparing to see in like the second round since week one of college football. Oh, Sam he's Hart. like third. But it would just be such a them pick, wouldn't it? Well, the question is who's making, yeah, he's 24. He's 24 years old. He'll be 25 by the time training camp starts next year. Like, I, I don't want it at all. But, like, I, wa- I was watching the Week Zero game in London, and I'm just like, this guy is going to be a top uh, 60 pick to New England. I'm just already prepared for well, it. Well, you say it's such a them pick. Is them making is them the pick? Them, yeah. That would, right. That, that, be that becomes the question. Yeah. Like, hypothetically, which one of these quarterbacks will look the best in Ben Johnson's offense, right? Yeah. Oof. Be fun. All right. <laughs> Nothing like some week four draft talk, right? Yeah. Right. Everybody says I'm too positive and I'm too positive and I'm a Mac apologist. And I, I, I you know, I'm giving them a benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm giving you quarterback draft talk in week four of the first round picks third year. Here we go. Just mark the date and time. They even started breaking down Taylor yesterday. Did you see Taylor's? Taylor broke? I know Evan's been waiting for that. We warned them. We tried to warn them that they would break them, and he it was going to be. I we told him there was going to be a game like that. Well, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be this early or that bad, <laughs> but here we are. But it did it. But all right, I guess that'll do it. To recap, that thirty-eight to three loss to Dallas yesterday. Patriots one and three for the third straight season. Back home next week. Against the New Orleans Saints to try to right this ship somehow, if that's even possible. But uh, Alex and I will be back on Thursday to preview that matchup. But until then, go follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his work over at 985thesportsub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines. And go read all my work over at PatsPulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you guys later this week. Bye.